Hi, David. How are you? I'm very good, Jeremy. Yourself? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Very good. Thank you for making the time. I know you're a busy man. Um, so really exciting episode, this one, actually, because I've, I've uh, had the pleasure of spending a bit of time with you and working with you on things recently. Um, and our space in the, the Western Gateway, uh, Southwest Wales, uh, South Coast is is really hotting up. So we've, we've got but we've got some interesting insights and uh, a bit of a conversation about our place in the world in that, I think, and how we see the world panning out. But before we get into that, could you introduce yourself, please, David, in terms of your role and a bit about your career today? Okay, so my name's Dave Merrill, so I'm the Operation Director for the Southwestern Mig Group. So 40 years in the industry, from man and boy, started as a bricklayer, worked through building large industrial warehouses for the likes of big names, like Amazon, Lidl. Worked through onto residential, um, spent a lot of time building residential units, Crescent Nicholson and lots of local authorities, and built some time building some student union uh, apartments and things like that. So, heavily changed in the industry, uh, focusing, always looking for something different, always looking to to be better than the last project, uh, always developing new techniques. So that's what brought me to Migroup. So I spent a certain amount of time in Germany and Austria. Crossing Germany and Austria, they have the MMC stitched up a lot better than we do in the UK. They build simple and we tend to build very hard and difficult in the UK. So bringing a few of those tricks and shortcuts across to the UK is, is always my uh, prime goal. And that's why we work well with Migru for the forward thinking and the MMC approach. Very good, thank you. So um, I've, I've recorded a previous episode that's gone out with um, Steve Chudley about our OCLA approach and um, how we leverage BIM. Um, and this conversation's, we, we want to talk about the, the Western Gateway, Southwest, South Wales, etc. Uh, and then we'll come in, come on to, I think, how uh, we've implemented uh, the mid-group approach uh, with an example of our uh, big sort of poster child project in in Bristol. So I guess first of all, David, we, you and I have had an interesting journey in the last year, I guess, uh, with mid-group across Southwest Western Gateway. We went to a Western Gateway conference together, didn't we, in Cardiff, um, probably six months ago now, um, where there was some really interesting conversation about development across that area. Uh, as kind of the southwestern Wales equivalent of the the Cambridge to Oxford arc, as it were, or Northern Powerhouse, um, but the perhaps the the real life on the ground doesn't quite match the, the the sort of rhetoric in terms of where we're going. So, what what have you found in the market? I guess as as an overview in in the last six months, say you know, we've, we've all seen the headlines, but what what are you finding? So I've, I've found that the market is very busy, but it's very busy, but no projects are landing which has really impacted a lot of the local businesses across the Southwest. So order books that haven't been filled and resources being drained, uh, so sort of put a big strain on the local businesses. And unfortunately, it's been the demise of quite a few businesses across the Southwest. Uh, that's left a big hole um, because we've still got a, a big build process to go through um, across in, in, in South Wales, I know there is extremely a lot of work in there uh, but no contractors to fill that space at the moment so fortunately you know with us being mid group and what we do we're, we're trying to help and assist developers and local councils but with alternative ways which are a lot faster and a lot cheaper to build than the traditional methods 
So it's very unfortunate, but it's it's a it's a nice niche for contractors coming to Southwest, like them group and, and assisting pushing development on and delivering the targets which are required. Because I, I saw, um, yeah, one of the key enablers here as well is so we've, we've had this projects moving to the right, but at the same time we've also had uh, Brexit, you know, resource constraints. Uh, we, we're getting uh, extreme constraints with with resources, uh, you know, people um, as as an industry. You know, we, we've we've uh, recently written a blog post, haven't we, for um, the Bristol Housing Federation that will go out, I think, this week, um, which was all about that kind of resource constraints. But even pre-pandemic, you know, we were facing uh, an aging population in the construction workforce, you know, of the 2.2, 2.4 million people, I think, that work in construction in the UK, 800,000 are due to retire out in the next 18 months to two years now. Um, so even with the million people that have gone home to Eastern Europe through the pandemic quietly, uh, and you know, the proportion of those that were in construction, we already had a resource challenge coming. So even just to stand still, the whole construction industry would need to be 33% more productive than it is in its traditional guys, mostly traditional guys today. Um, and so it's a it's a giant opportunity for mid-group and companies like us in uh, deploying MMC because our approach is more efficient and particularly much less resource hungry on site. Um, so it feels like the game will, will come to us. Um, but um, I, I think the, the other constraint for you that we've talked about, um, we get asked about social value a lot. Our clients are largely public sector, RPs in housing, et cetera. You know, 15, 20% of the scores on our tenders are social value. The slight challenge for us in MMC is there's, there's no MMC real supply chain in your neck of the woods, is there? So the, from what you've found in your work, no, no, that is that is a challenge. Uh, so we are generating jobs and opportunities for people, and people's choices have changed. So the pandemic, we've we've just gone through the pandemic, and the workforce I found have changed their outlook on work. Um, people like uh, in the industry, we classed as journeysmen, so so guys that think nothing of jumping in a van, travelling from Nottingham and working in Southampton. Well, now people have changed and we go, well, we don't want to be doing this, we want to work close to home. So our opportunities in MMC Spire is where the local supply chain is, is where we build the products. So it reduces people travelling so much, it creates a better quality of life for them. So you get a happier workforce, you get better products, you get better quality, and you get materials sourced locally. So it's engaging with local authorities to help them understand that we are creating and generating products. But what we also do is when we, we, we create a regional job, we then locally employ everybody else around the peripherals. So sort of the ground workers, the painters, the decorators, the plasterers. We're heavily focused on centralising all the trades that we can within any specific project. The Bristol project, we've got 75% uh, of our building workforce are local SMEs or local trades. Um, and a lot of them are the big companies, they're small companies, which we're encouraging and bringing them in and learning them a new way of building. So we do work hand in hand closely with local authorities and that's in a forefront of when we bid a job. We'll speak to local authorities, we'll see what targets they want, how we can assist, and we'll, we'll mould our building and our schemes around the requirements of the local um, workforce. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I guess in, in the article that or the blog post we've done for the, the Bristol Housing Bunch, um, we touched on certainty as a key enabler for unlocking that, isn't it? Uh, and so if we continue down a path of clients procuring project by project, um, it really inhibits our ability to, to really draw out leverage that efficiency for them. Um, you know, we think there's something like 20% capex savings in in procuring programs of projects and bringing us in early as a proper construction integrator because that's how our business is is set up as we described in the previous episode with Steve Chudley. So um, in terms of an enabler for us, if we can get clients to engage us as a construction partner across a program, then you know, we, it, we can go and smooth out all the bumps all the way down into manufacturing, which is where there's you know, risk and inefficiency if, if it's not uh, engaged smoothly and it, it can generate huge savings. So, yeah, that's that's a key thing that we need for the future. So let, let's talk about the, the project we have in Bristol, because it's a great example of how the business goes to work, isn't it? And, and, and what we're doing in a, a particular region. Yeah, so definitely the Bath Road project is quite unique. It's uh, we call it a prototype building. It's the one-off project. Um, a lot of the design details have to be adapted for the size of a project. So we're delivering 152 apartments, 100% affordable scheme for Bristol, which is the largest Bristol has ever seen, on a site which tapers from 40 metres wide to 10 metres wide. So it's a tiny, tiny footprint. So we tended the project. We looked at the project. 700. So seven other tier one contractors said it couldn't be developed. Uh, they couldn't get the mass in and volume. So we, we looked at it differently with an MMC approach, which is the only way that project can be built. It's got tight constraints to the A4, which is the busiest road into Bristol. And we've also got the River Avon on the other side of this. So it is squeezed into a little plot. So by careful use and design and, and changing the building, trying to lift it above the river level as much as possible, and by inclusion of cantilevered decks and clever use of podium structures, we've been able to extend the footprint to virtually the size of the, the plot. That's the only way the scheme could have been delivered, MMC. Um, our building is 17 storeys high in one tower and no scaffolding externally. The panels come to site completely fitted with windows, mastic, fully waterproofed and balconies. So as the building climbs, it creates a sterile working environment below for the trades which gives better quality, reduce water damage, and speeds the build-up. So it's a great scheme that we're building. Um, I've had in upwards of 150 people visit the site, up to yet, uh, tour guides. Um, that's my second occupation is tour guide, but as you can see, I'm very passionate about the scheme. I, I love the way the scheme has been built. A lot of thought goes into the building of these schemes. And if we hadn't built it this way, then to still being a podium deck, a scruffy old scrapyard that looks really, really run down in, in, a, in an upcoming area in Bristol. And what, one of the key enablers was how we used BIM right at the, at the start to be able to model the approach and solution it. Uh, on, it's on a, on a heavily, it's a steep uh, gradient site as well, isn't it? You didn't mention how the, the drop off down to river. So, you know, the use of BIM to be able to unlock that was important, right? Yeah, so we've got a 50 metre level drop from Bath Road down to the early part of the site. So when we land a project, we fully bin model it so we can pick it up, look at it, tear it apart, turn it upside down. And that's where we realise the efficiencies of build and how it can be built and created. So having that tool in our pocket is invaluable 
2D drawings are great. You look at it flat, but people don't understand it. And even my site team, we've had to stand there looking around with bin model. And, All right, that's how it works. So that technology for us is priceless. And it helps us advise clients and, and local authorities that we're working with how we can bring efficiencies into buildings. So the efficiencies come with that, but also quality comes with that. Because with the BIM, we model down to the, the last socket, the last conduit, the last light fitting in every single room. So when we're pouring concrete, we can see where the light fittings go. We can see where the conduits are, we can see where the sockets are, which integrate, helps us integrate then into the concrete structures or any other structures we choose to use. So that when we come to the finishing works, it reduces the internal finishes. So that minute detailing helps putting concrete in the ground to the completion of a building. Then once it's completed, that BIM model stays with this building. Our clients then get this BIM model. And the BIM model is then linked to certain QR codes on products where we can then click on and then it'll spit out exactly where that, what the product is, the manufacturer, the make of year, if it's still in warranty, if it's still got guarantees, and most importantly, where can you buy one next? So it takes a lot of the guesswork out of people rummaging through a cupboard of O&Ms and bits of paper. Yeah, and, yeah. and it speeds the process and it gives people cost certainty as well. So it's a great full-rounded tool, not just for modeling, not just for building, but for clients moving forward. And we see that as a big plus with our business because I don't know of any other contractor that offers this service. No, it's always talked about as kind of a future state thing in the distance, whereas it's it's kind of our here and now. Because then you you even got QR codes on all of the materials and elements of the building from manufacture through yeah. transport onto site, so you know where everything is in in the life cycle as well. So logistically, that's that because because your site was so constrained, that was really critical, wasn't it? It was very very much so. So our concrete is made across in Ireland, and taking somebody to Ireland and sitting in their factory just to watch every process is a very difficult uh, undertaking. So we have a QR code which is generated at the beginning of the, the process and every quality document then is appended to the QR code as well as stage check photographs. So every stage I can just log on to, to, to Snagar or one of our, our platforms and then I can look where the panel is. I can look and I can ring them up say, that concrete doesn't look right in there, or that steel, is that the right steel in that bay? That gives me the ability to have real-time vision of what stage in the process our panels are. When it comes to site then, the site manager are all equipped with iPads and they scan the QR code and they go, yep, all the checks have been done. No checks have been done, it hasn't gone through the process. Then it stays on the lorry and goes back to Ireland until it's properly been certified. So nothing gets installed in that building that we haven't had 100% visibility and quality check on, which is something on traditional build you can never ever get. Because every operative is different. He lays a brick to a different way. The fire stoppers do it a different way because that's just human nature. Mm. So we, we create incredibly robust buildings and structures with long-term use and longevity of a building in mind from day one. Mission enables us to do it. Absolutely, and and something we've not shouted about on this project so far because it's kind of come about is that it's net zero in operation as well, isn't it? Through the that's right, that's right. So, so by the construction details of concrete, it is inherently very, very airtight and thermally efficient. 
So a normal building of this size and for residential, we'd be looking at an air test of three meter cube per hour or to five. So five is a norm, which is a good air test result. So we've just tested one of our blocks uh, on Bath Road and we've got a 0.6. So that is a 0.6, which is equivalent to a passive house status. So, so it's, what this means to everybody is that, that your building in, in summer stays cool, but in winter it, stay, it retains the heat. So you need very little heating systems to actually keep the building working. So you, it stays in its own microclimate really. So in old buildings or even traditional buildings we're building now, you get hot and cold phases where the cold will come in, you have to put the heating in to warm it up, that warms the fabric up, but then it's dispersed very quickly through the external envelope. But our construction method is so robust with the concrete, the insulation and second layer of concrete, that it traps that heat in. But in summer, you get good cross-flow air ventilation through your apartment, and with the concrete being present, it keeps it cooler. So it's the best of both worlds. It's an absolute fantastic product. And it's for creating a nice space for people to live in, it's the ultimate material. Because that's what we're ultimately looking for. We're looking for buildings that are cheap to run. So we remove the fuel poverty problems people have. We also look for buildings that are a nice place to live and you want to live. And that's it first and foremost in our in our thoughts is where things are designed, where things are easy for people to use and actually where do you want to live? Rather than a design statement that says, right, the outside looks very nice, but inside it's really cramped and dark and claustrophobic. So that's our ethos. And we, we push it out on every single scheme. So we win a project, we take it back to the BIM team, we take it all apart. And then in a, in a normal tender process, we'll do a compliant bid, but then we'll say, oh, by the way, we think that you should be really doing it this way because it will give you greater efficiencies in the building and create better spaces for people to live and where people want to live and reduce maintenance. Mm. I know that's what we should touch on. I think we talked about it in the episode with Mr. Chudley, but we have heavily over-engineered our BIM capabilities. So we've got something between five and ten times the scale of BIM uh, resources compared to a, a business or a business unit in a bigger constructor of, of our size uh, and it's and it's because uh, we've seen it as an enabler to value for us and and uh, for our clients more importantly really um, so we're able to solution uh, you know using our MLC kit of parts uh, much more effective solutions for clients very, very quickly. Um, and, and that really differentiates. So that's, I know that's been really powerful for your project. Um, so thank you for that, David. So we should touch on um, the other thing that you and I are talking about quite a lot at the moment, um, which I forgot to mention in our prep actually, but uh, we uh, have got on the Southern Construction Frameworks residential framework recently. Um, and we've, uh, we've had our first tender that we're just going through the the throws of which which came very early uh, I know you're just getting into uh, you're acting as the framework manager for for mid group because we saw it as important you know having someone senior engaged day to day with them because it's going to be you know an important conduit for our business uh, moving forwards uh, it's our first significant framework as opposed to a DPS uh, as a business in our our journey maturing the business which is sort of beyond startup now into growing pains, I guess, or, you know, maturity. 
Um, and so we'll probably have an episode on the framework actually, or frameworks more generally. And, and uh, we've already spoken to FCF about uh, one of their people coming on, but that that's a really exciting opportunity, isn't it, for the for the not just the Western Gateway Southwest, but uh, London and the Southeast as well. Very much so, very much so. It's it's quite an exciting time. So we have regular meetings with the SCF, and their, their part line of work is is quite large. Uh, they've done a lot of work with local authorities uh, who haven't got a solution. They need houses, but they don't know what we need. They don't know what we want. So we, we work closely with those guys as enablers and we can suggest things um, with our experience and our technologies. We can expect, uh, sorry, show people other things that normal contracts won't um, go down that line on. So it's great. Yeah, well, it's a great, we, we all know, I think that being successful with frameworks is all about taking work to the framework, actually your clients to the framework. So we'll certainly be doing that with with um, some of our clients in the the coming months. But you know, clients can rest assured we've we've got public sector clients can rest assured we've got a procurement route now for residential and and some other asset types um, with within that framework that they can talk to us about. So you know, please do get in touch about that. Um, well, um, just one last podcasty gimmick bit, Dave. What what's been your uh, biggest highlight, I guess, with your time with Midgroup so far? What's been the most exciting bit? Biggest highlight is probably spending a year designing a building and having thousands and thousands of hours of workshops and convincing people I've got a crazy idea that this is going to work and actually seeing it land and put together and actually seeing it come out the ground. Um, I spoke to a lot of, lots of architects and engineers in 2020, told them my vision, what we were doing. I could see they were looking really glazed at me going, yeah, okay, whatever. 2021, when we started landing it, the guys were actually ringing me up saying, Dave, you're actually doing this. And I said, yeah, I told you I would. And it's it's not just me, I say I, it's our team. The whole team has the same ethos and the whole team buys into this project. And that's what you need with this sort of project. An MMC approach, you need people to buy in and think out the box and not sit there going, well, I've always done it this way. You need to forget that bit. You need to forget that. You need to start again and think, well, how can I make this better? How can we improve? So to see it coming out the ground and see it nearly nearly completed is is my sort of my biggest high spot within mid over the last year or so. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, having worked with a number of contractors, the MMC bit is in their bid process or, you know, solution process is always at the end. You know, can, can we do something different once they've already thought through how they're going to build the job? Whereas it's first point of principle for us with our kit of parts uh, and and other engagement with the supply chain is what's the MMC approach to delivering this certainly faster, if not for the same money, quite possibly cheaper. And the great bit with your project, you know, MMC tends to get painted as being a cookie cutter approach, which isn't actually the case with our, our kit of parts. Um, but certainly you know, standardisation is, is helpful in procuring programs is helpful but Bath Road has proven that you can use MMC to unlock a very individual project with a hybrid approach of traditional techniques lower down and MMC you know proper on top with precast panels so well done mate it's uh, it's a great project to walk around I'm coming in a couple of weeks aren't I with SCF for a site visit so look look forward to uh, wandering about thank you for your time uh, that's no, thank that. you so uh, and we're in future episodes we've got um, some architects joining me for our next episode actually um, to talk about procurement of, of MMC uh, and, and how that works or, or doesn't and should work. Um, so look forward to that.
Thank you. Excellent. Thank you.